Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're flying with Firefly on the Sunnydale Sticks. Sunnydale Stacks, Flying with Firefly, where every other week we immerse ourselves in a lawless verse populated by refugees from Earth that was, and navigate two episodes of Firefly. This week, we're exploring Out of Gas and Ariel. We asked, you answered, and Mike has no idea. It's a stacker surprise. Waka waka. Waka waka. And out of gas, Serenity breaks down in the middle of nowhere, and Mail orders his crew into the shuttles to go find help. Mm -hmm. Things turn scary very quickly when Mail is alone and quickly running out of oxygen. Oh, no. So I ask the stackers to send us their harrowing stories of being lost and or stranded. On Twitter, the Ginger Luke said... A couple of weeks ago, I was at a church camp and, after going out for the night, spent what felt like an hour, but was probably 20 minutes looking for our tent. Oh. I feel like this is a very, like, where did I park my car? (laughs) Where did I park my tent? Why does my tent have wheels? Oh, yeah. Even worse uh, in the woods, because there's no, like, helpful, you're in level C, color orange There's no talking robots? 27. (laughs) You are in... Level C, section orange. Oh, you haven't been to the fancy parking lots downtown. I guess I haven't. Yeah, no, they got robots that talk to you. That's weird. (laughs) Why do you need that? Just use your memory, people. (laughs) Hannah said, uh, so my story is in two parts. In 2003 and 2004, I went to New York with my school. That's really lost if it goes over the course of two years. I mean, just wait. (laughs) In 2003, she lost, quote-unquote, her bag in the massive Toys R Us in Times Square. Mm. By lost, she put it down to pay and forgot to pick it back up, which I do so often. So I have to be very careful if I wear hats outside because, like, you go to a restaurant with a hat, it is just going to stay there. I'm going to put it down. Mm -hmm. I'll never see it again. Scarves, forget about it. Well, especially if it's something you don't always have. Like, that's, I think, why everyone loses umbrellas because you don't think... Oh, no, my umbrella. If you just thought you might need it and you ended up not needing it, that's why every lost and found has like 10 umbrellas. I I don't purchase umbrellas. I get them from lost and (gasps) founds. Hannah says, obviously, with the bag having her passport in it, she got a little rattled. When she got it back, she decided to walk to the meeting place, only to be picked up by a teacher on the way, and they thought she was lost in general, not that she was Uh. just taking extra time to go get her bag. So then in 2004, she went back with the same teachers. She and three others got in an elevator to go down and meet their teachers after dropping off their bags. The elevator got stuck mid-floor for over an hour. Oh, no. The teacher's response when she uh, was freed was, I had money on you being in there. (laughs) They had their own little bottle episode. (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. And then Megan said, my two girlfriends and I were driving down to North Carolina to look for apartments. She was going to start school there in a few months and thought it would be a fun road trip. The route from Ohio to North Carolina is basically mountain back roads, and there's several stretches with no exits for gas or food, which they learned the hard way. So cut to about 9 p.m. They are somewhere in the West Virginia mountains, and Megan's gas light comes on. 
She thinks, no biggie, I'll just stop at the next place because she assumes, hey, I'm not in a slasher flick and had just passed a bounty of gas station exits. So, of course, they proceeded to hit one of those no-exit stretches and quickly realized they were going to run out of gas soon. Uh. Needless to say, they panicked. Breaking down in the night in the middle of mountains was less than ideal. She ended up pulling off and happened to find a small two-pump gas station but, like, the kind of gas station that horror movies use to warn dumb teens of the dangers of camping. It had flickering overhead lights and everything. Uh, and they even had an encounter with a creepy backwoods guy who had as many teeth as he had fingers, who told us how three pretty young things like us ought to be careful in these parts. My only question, how many fingers did this guy have? Because <laughs> I feel like that's also a thing. He might not have all those fingers. <laughs> I mean, fair. Uh, thankfully, they got the fuck out of there with a full tank of gas and did not get axe murdered in the woods. Aww. Do you have any good stranded or lost stories? Uh, I'm trying to think being stranded. I think I might have talked about this on the podcast that I had to, in high school, call my mom to bring me pants. Yes. Somebody had stole my pants. You weren't lost. Just like... I, I was kind of stranded, though, because I, <laughs> right. I couldn't go anywhere because it was like, well, you can't take those costume pants home. So it's kind of like, well, I hope mom gets here soon. <laughs> otherwise, I can't go home. I'm going to have to live here in costume pants forever. <laughs> That's your new life. Congratulations. <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> you wanted to be an actor. Now you're stuck in the school theater forever. And I live in the theater. I'm the phantom of the auditorium. <laughs> so I can only think of like twice where I've been lost or stranded. Once mm -hmm. uh, in high school. I was dating this guy and he and his friend decided that they wanted to drive downtown one day. And this was like, you know, we live in the suburbs. We mm -hmm. did not come downtown very often. We no. did not know our way around. I don't think we had a set schedule. It was just like, we're just going to drive downtown in his shitty car that like is a death trap. You were like, you should not take it on the highway. And we ended up getting lost. And um, first we were on the far south side, mm -hmm. which if you know anything about Chicago, if you're going to go on the south side, you should know where you're going. You shouldn't yeah. be three teens from the suburbs looking real doe eyed <laughs> and stupid. Uh, so eventually uh, we got the fuck out of there and ended up on the far west side where the only thing we could see around us was a bunch of porno stores. And so, to this day, I wonder where that was. <laughs> we found it. Uh, to this day, I'm like, I don't know where the fuck that was. Yeah, because, I mean, that that would have been like the waning days of porn stores being a big big enough thing to have like a district. Yeah, like late 90s, early 2 Yeah, what was that? Yeah. But the, the one that my family is fond of telling uh, was we went to Hawaii on a family vacation one mm -hmm. year. And I was all about going snorkeling. My family is very much the time, type of vacationers where they don't want to leave the hotel pool and mm -hmm. they just want to lay around all day. And I'm very much an activities person. I want to do all the most touristy, yeah. annoying things. So I wanted to go snorkeling. Uh, and you get on this boat uh, and they drive you out to this, like what used to be a volcano. And it's like sunken. There's just kind of a half crater oh. there. Um, and the boat didn't even have like the front of it didn't have a deck it was like a piece of canvas that was like half dipped in the water so it was kind of like laying in a hammock okay i drifted off to sleep very quickly with the rocking of the boat mm -hmm. and i was very comfy the sun's beating down and while i fell asleep no one thought to wake me up during the safety protocol speech oh no i was having a great time uh 
So during the safety protocol speech, they talked about how far away from the boat it was okay to swim. Yeah. I missed all of that. So the boat gets to this crater and it's just jam packed with other snorkel boats. Like this Mm -hmm. is all this place is good for. And they're nose to nose, all of them. And my family didn't want to get in the water. There were sandwiches on the boat. And they're like, we're just going to stay here. You have fun. So it's like, I guess I'm snorkeling alone. That's fine. I'm fine with that. So I get in the water and immediately surrounding the boat, it's a bunch of other snorkelers. There's yeah. no fish. Like there's that's I came to see like fish. You, but instead you're just saying a bunch of, you know, pasty bodies underwater. Yes, exactly. This sucks. So I just kept swimming. Like I will mm-hmm. find fish event- eventually. I started swimming towards the crater, you know, mm-hmm. where the waves are hitting the sharp rocks there. That's where I decided to go. The, oh no. I saw some great fish. Like I got one of those underwater <laughs> disposable cameras. I saw some creepy ass fucking fish. There's this one thing that was huge and I was trying to get up close to it to get a good um, shot because it's not an iPhone mm. and it doesn't have a zoom yeah. and it's swimming perpendicular to me and all of a sudden it turns towards me and opens its mouth and it's got these sharp fucking teeth and i was like retreat 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 <laughs> get the fuck out of here uh, you don't like paparazzi so i feel like i had not been in there that long mm-hmm. and all of a sudden somebody taps me on the shoulder and i look and there's this guy wearing snorkel things and he's pointing up to the surface and i'm like no i don't i don't know who you are creep yeah. like like i'm from chicago i don't fuck with strangers fuck yeah. off and then he pokes, I go back to swimming, he pokes me again and p- points up to the surface. So mm-hmm. I swim up. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's just like, are you lost? I'm like, no. <laughs> I know where my boat is. It's yeah. just way the fuck back there. Yeah. And he's like, we've been looking for you. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> I don't really recognize you, but apparently you were the captain of the boat. <laughs> that's good so he's like we have to go you have to follow me i'm like i really felt like i just got out here but okay so i follow him back to the boat my dad is about ready to have a heart attack apparently i've been out there for a long fucking time wait did you did you fall asleep underwater is that what happened (laughs) maybe Uh, yeah they had been sending out people to search for me my dad thought that i had drowned um and I had delayed the boat. So everyone was pissed oh. off. And like, we're, you know, they're trying to book it back to shore as fast as possible because mm-hmm. they've got another tour to get on yeah. and everyone else has things they're going to do with their vacation. And they were giving the kids turns to drive the boat yeah. and everyone's taking a turn. And I line up, I'm like, okay, I want to drive the boat. He's like, no. <laughs> so to this day, my family still tells a story about that time I got lost in Hawaii. I'm like, I was not lost. Yeah. I was having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I was not aware of protocols because nobody thought to wake me up. Nobody woke me up and y'all didn't want to come in the water. Yeah. I had a great time on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take off with the Sunnydale Stacks and voyage into Out of Gas. Insert all the fart jokes. Why would that come up? Great. I have no idea. Great. (laughs) Anytime's a good time for a fart joke. I always remember this one meme that I saw that someone was like, the difference between men and women is that women don't find fart jokes funny. And I was like, false. You know the wrong type of women. Fart jokes are always funny. I'm I'm not a big fan. 
Really? Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions, as with everything, but I don't know. It just doesn't. It just makes me go like, mm. oh just gosh, find, just find it unpleasant. Nope. I love a good fart. <laughs> you find farts unpleasant. I love a good fart joke. Nope. Yeah. I I am I'm down for it. Notice I said a good fart yeah. joke. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like, oh, it's a fart noise for thirty seconds. <laughs> so we start with shots of an empty Serenity. Aww. Male is wounded and running low on oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh. And we flashback immediately to him purchasing Serenity. Aww. And Zoe's not a fan. Yeah. She's very skeptical in these flashbacks. She is. So we've the, the structure of this episode mm-hmm. is very unique that there's three timelines. Yeah. There's what's happening now, which is mm-hmm. Mal trying to repair the ship as he runs out of oxygen and is recovering from bullet wound, right? Yeah. He gets shot. Um there's the timeline running up to this point from the ship getting damaged Mm -hmm. up until him getting shot. And eventually those two timelines will merge. And then there's a whole bunch of flashbacks to Mm -hmm. when we first meet each member of the crew. And they're all filmed differently. The not so uh, distant flashbacks are probably the most like, standard firefly shooting in general yes the present day is very blue and very cold um i think to represent that it's cold and not very oxygen oxygen sure. stuff on the ship is turned off and not working yeah yeah and then the the far flashbacks are like uh they, they said they do something like reverse film um oh. so it's very uh saturated and the colors look a little weird and very uh very almost like it was shot in super eight but high definition yeah. super eight yeah. There's uh, a um it's an interesting look. There's a filter on Instagram that that looks like. <laughs> like that yeah. was when I saw that I was like this looks like that Instagram filter that kind of makes everything a little bloomy is the word I'm going to look like it's blooming. Yeah, there's it's a like yellow and there's like a kind of like a halo around most yes. things. Yeah, yeah. Now if you were to like say you're in a kitchen mm-hmm. and you were to use that filter on let's say uh, some vegetables you're making a stew with. Okay. You get a blooming onion. But you don't like fart jokes. <laughs> yeah, because they're not as classy as blooming onion. Got it. Okay. Uh, so Mel says Serenity may not be pretty, but she'll give them their freedom. So he sees the potential mm-hmm. in it. I like that. This reminded me of um, actually when Chris and I came to look at this apartment. Uh, so we'd been having a really hard time looking at apartments. Mm-hmm. Everything was awful. Like <laughs> everything we'd walk in and be like, nope, just turn around. No. No. Um, and getting very frustrated. And when you when you're apartment shopping, you've got that deadline yeah. of your leases up. So it's mm-hmm. there is a lot of stress with it. Um, and this one, I had just walked by and saw the for lease sign. So I didn't know anything about it. I had not seen pictures of the inside at all. And we walked in. And the people who were currently living here were mm. there, which is always really awkward. That is awkward. That it's like, okay. So they're like playing a video game. The place is a mess. Yeah. Like it is, there is shit everywhere. Literally. And it just looks like they haven't thrown anything out ever. Like mm. just garbage sitting around. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to talk about the apartment while the person that's trying to rent it is there. Yeah. So we're just very silently and slowly walking from room to room mm-hmm. and looking in closets and looking at, you know, at, at all the stuff. And we don't say anything and we just tell the guy renting it like, thank you. Um, we'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. 
And we walk out and Chris just said, very, and like, I'm immediately very worried because I can yeah. see like this place has potential, mm-hmm. but I need to clean this fucker. Yeah. But like, I, I can see what mm-hmm. this apartment could be. And if you take all the garbage out, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and so like we get out of the apartment, Chris like, well, I guess we should go talk about things. I'm like, oh, fuck. He doesn't like it. I'm mm. like, crap. I, I don't know where else to look. We're not finding anywhere. So we go to Starbucks and we sit down. And he goes, okay, I see a lot of potential in that place. I'm like, yeah, me too. And I was so excited because it was this exact same yeah. looking at Serenity. Like, okay, she's not pretty now. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. apartment looks gross now. But with all their terrible shit out yeah. of that apartment, it'll be fine. It'll be mm-hmm. great. Well, that's great. So post-credits, we flash back to dinner, which mm-hmm. is, this is like a more immediate flashback. Yeah. It is later that previous evening. The whole crew is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Book is entertaining them with a funny story. And when it's Simon's turn, he's like... Oh, he he has just the worst story. His story <laughs> he can't is articulate it. awful. I sympathize so... You don't even know if it's a bad story. He just can't tell it. Well, yeah, that that's like, it's like, may, maybe there's something to the story, but the way he's telling it, it seems like... You're you're just improvising this story, and you are not an improviser. <laughs> so, oh, I sympathize. This is me, buddy. Like I'm just too busy laughing at my own jokes to tell the joke. <laughs> uh, they they give him a birthday cake. I <laughs> like. I always think that like it's basically what you just ate. It's a lot of protein, but mm-hmm. we try to make it taste chocolatey. <laughs> There's like frosting and irregular candles. It's just I love it. The idea of a birthday cake in space. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, like that Rimmer says to him, there's no such thing as a birthday in space because time is relative to a planet's mm. orbit around the yeah. sun. Like, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's actually true. Why are you celib? How are their dates in space? Star dates. Come on. But that's all. Are they all in the same galaxy? No, but it's, are do they all have the same sun? Well, no, but I'm assuming they kept the, the old earth, uh, date system and they just apply it like two other planets it's like okay well the actual day on this planet is however many hours we know that like i'm sure they do like complicated math to keep it all all together sure to be on the same because like otherwise it would be impossible if like you had one planet that goes around really fast so like a year is actually three months and then another one that we're like a year is you know 20 months and then you just said like oh i'm 16 i'm 37 and they're the same age like (laughs) Like, yeah. I'm sure they have a standard, That's and crazy. it's probably based on Earth that was. So there's an explosion. Zoe saves Kaylee, but in the process gets hurt. Mm. And then Mal saves um, the day by closing the doors just before the second explosion. Which was a practical effect. Really? Yeah. Fuck. There was really, like, a fire in that hallway, and it was actually Nathan Fillion closing the door. Oh, my God. I hate it. What did we just... Uh, Chris and I were just watching... Oh, um, The House... It's a movie with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But during the credits, they were showing, like, bloopers, mm-hmm. and they actually lit Jeremy Renner's um, sleeve on fire. And I got so stressed out watching yeah. it. Like, I understand there's yeah. a bunch of safety. and But, like, if as an actor, someone was like, so then we're going to light you on fire. And like, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I hope it wouldn't be day of. Like, oh, by the way, you're going to be lit on by fire. By the way. <laughs> I don't know why. Why does the soup commercial need me to be lit on fire? Uh, it's Progresso. It's our new campaign. I don't think it's a good campaign. Uh, we need to make soup more edgy. Making it is dangerous. Uh, this is a really smart plan that Mal yeah. opens the bay doors, mm-hmm. which sucks all the oxygen yeah. out, 
therefore sucking out the fire. Mm-hmm. But the key point of it is it's sucking all the oxygen out. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a good plan because especially they don't know what the start of the fire. So, I mean, for all they know, they can just restart the engine. Sure. And yeah. Everything will be fine. Right. Um. So I think the, the priority there, yeah, is to get rid of the fire that could kill everyone immediately. It just uh, sucks that uh, it also grabbed all that air on the way out. I'm immediately just like inf- a fan of the scienciness of this episode. That, mm-hmm. Like, I understood what River was saying about birthdays and like, I get the science. And then like, I understood why mm-hmm. opening the ship to space would work because mm-hmm. science. Yeah. You need the, the three elements. Oh, yeah. Fire. You love that triangle love fire. That triangle. Triangle fire. <laughs> and it burns, burns, burns <laughs> like a triangle of fire. <laughs> That's the song. That's yep. it. it. It's really interesting, his leadership skills here. So you've got mm-hmm. Zoe in sickbay and everyone's freaking out. And he's so great with Kaylee that yeah. she's freaking out um, both about Zoe and Serenity being shut down. Um, and he doesn't bark at her. He doesn't order her around. He's very calm and soothing, but also like not to be like baby and be like, but you mm. have a job to do and yeah. I need you to do your job so that we can get moving. But then with Wash, yeah. um, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, mm. And that's not to say I feel bad about it. It's just to say I don't know how I feel like he's mm. so Wash is obviously very emotional. His wife is mm-hmm. potentially dying and Mal is trying to get him to go up and see if he can get Serenity flying. Mm-hmm. Part of me feels that he's doing this to say, like, you need to get out of this room. Yeah. You're not doing yourself any favors by being in the doctor's way and mm-hmm. by freaking out over yeah. Zoe. So I need to distract you mm-hmm. by getting you to go up to the bridge. But also I need you to go up to the bridge practically. Yeah. Do you think both things are true? I think so. And I think his his approach in being so aggressive about it is knowing that knowing Wash well enough to know that like he's not going to be able to gently coerce him because of how much he cares about Zoe mm-hmm. and he's not going to be like rational about it. He needs to kind of like get at him at an emotional level and the only way to do that when obviously you can't like appeal to like, "Oh, come on, it would be great if you did it" because he's obviously Top priority is Zoe is to hit him from that like angry emotional place mm-hmm. to get him into that kind of state to then go. Um, so I, I I think it it makes sense to me. Yeah. It's like maybe a little cruel, but I I think it's it's definitely for the best. I feel like I would like this part better if we saw Wash getting in the doctor's way. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it it does kind of feel a little bit like. He's having the same reaction any of us would have. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like whatever Wash is going to do is not something that Mal's incapable of doing. And yeah, Zoe might die. Her husband should be there. Um, but yeah, if I feel like if we saw Wash getting in the doctor's mm-hmm. way and becoming a hindrance, I would appreciate more Mal recognizing like he's got to go. That. Yeah, I get that. I it, It's never bothered me because I mean... It's always just on the logical point of like, we have very limited time. You're, you're not helping the situation by being here. Obviously, you know, the doctor has to save the person who is injured and might die otherwise. Everyone else should be doing whatever they can to help. And you're one of the only other people who I feel like does have some technical skills like Kaylee mm-hmm. that might be able to do something else, even though Mel obviously has some because he kind of helps come up with that idea later. But it's kind of like, 
no, we we can't we don't have the luxury of grief right now. Yeah. And so it's it's never really bothered me, but I, I understand that it it might have been made it a little clearer to have something to kind of motivate it a little bit more clearly. Yeah. So we get a flashback within a flashback uh, to Wash's job interview. That mustache. That mustache. You know what's crazy? I was listening to the commentary and they made it sound like that wasn't in the original script, which like, then what was the whole like, oh, there's something I don't like about him. Just like, oh, it's funny that she didn't like him, but now she does. I feel like that bit is completely made by him having that mustache. Oh, I've never, con- no, I've always just considered about like, there's just something that about him that rubs me the wrong way. Not just something about his personality, not the mustache. I have always a hundred percent read it as like, this is the mustache scene. Oh no. I think it's funnier if she's, if it's, I mean, you've never had that thing where like someone's just kind of irritating you and you don't realize until later it's because you like them. I I get that. I think it's funnier if it's a mustache. Okay. I, I disagree. I think it's really cute that like, I know that what Zoe is picking up on is that there is something about this guy that she likes Mm -hmm. and it's making her subconsciously feel uncomfortable. And that's when she's like, I don't like him. He's weird. It rubs me the wrong way. But like, it's cute because I know you like him. See, I I read it as like, she can't even see that she's attracted to him because she is so weirded (laughs) out by that mustache. It's literally all she can see. Like she's not listening to the words that are coming out of his mouth because of what's on top of his mouth. It's creeping her out so much. It's a creepy fucking mustache. She's just like, I, there's, there's, and she probably like, I, I I think it is kind of cute that she doesn't say it's the mustache, but I think it's totally the mustache. (laughs) Okay. So Mel says, we've got a genius mechanic. Uh-oh. And you expect it to be Kaylee, but it's not Kaylee. <laughs> it's surfer punk. Uh, and uh, the universe may be infinite, but Hollywood is not. Let's see what else this actor has been in. This is Across the Verse. So I'm a little disappointed. I didn't find any direct... Whedon verse uh, connections, but there's like two degrees connection for the actor Dax Griffin. That is so his name. Yes. It looks like that was his alternate character name for this scene. No, nope, <laughs> Like when his... you sent that to me, I was just like, no, that's his character name. What's the actor's name? Nope. So I can Google it. Nope. Uh, he's Bester. Now I'm forgetting if it's Bester or Wester. I think Bester. 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 Yeah. Um, he's Bester in this. Um, but some Which other also a stupid <laughs> fucking name. I'm Bester. It's something like a 13 year old thing is is like a cool name to name a character they created. It's Bester. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it sounds like I'm the best. Well, I'm Bester. <laughs> I'm Bester. Wait a minute. <laughs> you think that's the origin of his name? Yes. His actual name is like Hank. Cannon. Yes. <laughs> I'm Bester. <laughs> that's the origin episode we get. We would have gotten in like season 10. Um. <laughs> So, a couple other things that might be interesting that he's been in. The Vampire Diaries. He was in one episode where he played Bachelor number three. Yay. And I I haven't seen it. I really hope it was like a a dating game show that he was on. Uh, He was also on Charmed, again, Hmm. for one episode. He played Carl. Uh, Brimstone, I actually didn't mark down if this was one episode or more. It was a very short-lived show. It's kind of supernaturally, and I, I think you might be able to guess what kind of character he was from his character name on the show Brimstone, Wolfie. Oh, okay. I, I don't know for a fact he was a werewolf, but 
I'm pretty sure you're on the show Brimstone. Your name is Wolfie. You're going to be a werewolf. <laughs> uh, he was more recently in the film 42 as racist City Island fan. What is the film 42 about? It's all about Jackie Robinson because that was his number. So he's a, a racist baseball fan. Probably the the most colorful, yeah. Ra- ra- well, oh, that sounds really terrible. Now I say it out loud. Racist City <laughs> Island fan is a very interesting credit. Uh, but his connection that's like one off from from uh, uh, something in the Whedon verse because it does connect in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. of course. Avengers, very big Joss Whedon film. He plays young Hank Pym. So if you've seen Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp. There's scenes with Michael Douglas when he's a younger man. And those are done partially by, like, capturing Michael Douglas. But there's also a guy there. And especially, I think, for, like, far away shots, I think is how they do it. Um, To make it a little easier, they find somebody who not only has the, like, the body type that would kind of match Michael Douglas at age 40, Mm -hmm. but also looks a little bit like him. So that's why they cast him as young Hank Pym. Because from a distance, he kind of looks like what... So young Michael Douglas. Yeah, a young Michael Douglas. Got it. Um, So he is young Michael Douglas in Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, I'm I'm hoping to see the second one soon, so I'll look for him. Well, if it's Michael Douglas and he's young, there he is. Bester. You should just scream out Bester when Bester! it happens. <laughs> but like stab it. Bester! Bester! <laughs> so with Wash gone, Zoe's heart stops. And Aww. Oh my gosh, she misses one. <laughs> 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 this isn't funny. It's not, uh, it's not a funny one. Well, we know what ends up. Uh so Mal shoots adrenaline directly into her heart mm-hmm. to uh, revive her. And then we flash forward what? to Mal giving himself a shot mm-hmm. of adrenaline. So I love the crazy structure of this episode, like the three different timelines. Mm-hmm. It's never confusing to me. Yeah, it's always very clear because they visually make it clear, but then yeah. also like they, they sequence it very well. And it, it they really do such a good job of... Giving us exposition in like mm-hmm. a really great way that yeah. makes it very interesting. If you think about what happens in this episode, maybe it wouldn't fill a full episode, yeah. but like because we have all these introductions to these characters and it's not, it, it, yeah, I always want to see more of it. Mm-hmm. And then the way that they use these flash, the small flashbacks Mm -hmm. to give us information that we need in the current timeline that like Mal isn't having a conversation in the current timeline. So he can't talk. We need to see it visually. So they show us visually adrenaline. Here's what it does. Mm -hmm. And then immediately cut to right now him giving himself adrenaline. Absolutely. Got it. And of course it further supports the theory that Mal has a superpower and that superpower is being injured. (laughs) It is. He doesn't heal, really. He just, like, is able to be injured very well. He's Wolverine. But that's the... It's not like he gets better real quick. He's just like, I'm not getting worse. <laughs> He's unbreakable. Uh, unbreakable. So we find out that the catalyzer blew, which is mm-hmm. interesting because this is what Kaylee wanted to replace earlier in the season. Uh, you should listen to your mechanic. Uh, it means that they have no life support. So mm-hmm. the air that they're breathing is the only air they got. Yeah. 
Simon and Inara have a nice scene here. I like that they get a little moment here. Yeah, you don't usually see them together. Mm-hmm. And I like Simon's little line of like, it was my birthday. Aw. Because it's it would be very easy for that line to seem prickish, but it's really right. not. And yeah. it's it's not whiny. It's just like, we were having a good day. Because yeah. And- yeah, that's the thing. He makes it not about him. It was like, oh, man. Yeah, we <laughs> I'm were. I'm so sorry. This was a nice thing. And then it's not. River and Book have a nice scene together, which mm. I always love the two of them together. Yeah, it's a very a cute pairing. dynamic. Um, and she tells him, don't be afraid. You're afraid you're going to suffocate. Mm-hmm. Freeze to death long before you suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, I guess, some kind of comfort. It's funny, but it's also yeah. like, again, I like what they do visually. After this scene, you start seeing people wearing bulky mm-hmm. sweaters yeah. on top of their clothing. And they never say like, it's because we're cold or murder. It's now six I'm... degrees colder in here, Captain. Yeah. So Wash is angry at Mal. He says, mm-hmm. you took us so far out of the way that no one's going to find us and we will die. Mm-hmm. Like, it's useless to put out a beacon. He's being real pissy. Yeah. Mal tells him to boost the signal, which... Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> But all that's going to do is interrupt someone's navigation. They'll be forced to stop and find the source of the signal. Oh, shit. Your idea was good. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a great moment for Alan Tudyk to play. Yeah. He's, it's, he's good at it. Yeah. Even though it's a serious moment and this is a very serious episode, he, his comedic timing, he always finds mm-hmm. the exact right delivery. Uh, fun thing they mentioned in the commentary about this is that this scene was like written like Right before they shot it, mm-hmm. there was like a, and maybe if it was a different version or just like a very different scene, but all the dialogue here was like delivered morning of, and it's like all this super crazy technical stuff where you talk about rerouting uh-huh. stuff into the transmit. And they said that the frustration actually worked really well for Ellen Tudyk's performance because he was just legitimately really frustrated that he had to memorize all this incredibly technical dialogue very quickly. Totally on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that, you guys, on purpose. Mm-hmm. We were not torturing our actors. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> it's, what it was. Uh, it's method acting. So we get another flashback within a flashback uh, <laughs> where we meet Kay- Kaylee. Aww. The genius mechanic can't fix the engine, but he's got time for some nookie. Yeah. And apparently some uh, weird little tribal tattoos that he's got all over. He's such a got surfer dude. That. Yeah. <laughs> what I love that is that, like, without saying it, you can tell, like, that's that's not your culture. <laughs> no. It's just like, where are your puka shells, sir? <laughs> yeah. It, it just, like... I, I love that even though I don't think it is actually of any culture, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I think it's supposed to be like some kind of space culture, but it's like something about it. I just can just read like, oh, that's like those douchey bros who get like their name in Mandarin on their arm or like this is the symbol for luck. And it's like you have no experience of that culture. So he tells Mal, oh, it's going to take us like two weeks to ship out, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I can't fix it. And Kaylee's like, nope, you're wrong. Got it right here. In fact, I'm going to make your ship make better, uh, run better yeah. by connecting this part to this part. And we're mm-hmm. good. You can do it. So Mal hires her instead. She is adorable. Oh, uh, she's just so sweet. She's so excited mm-hmm. about the, like, she's like, I've never even been in a spaceship before Aww. and like looking for work, but doesn't yeah. have it. And she's just so excited. Mm-hmm. Just, Don't leave without me. Yeah. Oh. I love the line, what do you need two mechanics for? Really don't. <laughs> he's so dumb. He's so dumb. Bester, he's the worster. I also like that Kaylee's not embarrassed about the mm-hmm. fact that she's having, I'm assuming, a one night stand with this dude. Like, yeah. you don't get an idea that there's any sort of yeah. 
relationship mm-hmm. here. She's just getting some. Yeah. And she's not shy about it. She's yeah. not embarrassed about it. She's just like, hello. Yeah. I'm here. She's <laughs> just like, I'm happily getting some. Yeah. And and you can also tell, like, it's clearly she's not so interested in him as the engine. She's yeah. like, probably like start a conversation like, oh, why are you in this spaceport? Uh, he's like, oh, I'm the mechanic. Ooh, mechanic. What kind of ship do you have? And like, you can tell, like, it was probably more like, I like you're hot and all, but I mean, I'm really more interested in this engine. I mean, if we're going to go fuck, let's go fuck about this engine. Yeah. (laughs) This seems much more interesting than you, but uh, I mean, we'll stop. We can all, yeah. I'm also down for orgasms. Who's Mm -hmm. not? I'm not. (laughs) I'm Johnny No Orgasms. Oh, Johnny No Orgasms. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want any orgasms. (laughs) Okay. I think we shoot him away. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. Weird to go anywhere from that <laughs> little bit. So Mel sends both shuttles in opposite directions mm-hmm. um, with the hopes that some ship somewhere will see them. Yeah. There's a nice little moment after he describes the plan where you think Wash is being pissy again. But he's just like, no, I'm just going to make sure that you can call us back. Yeah. Like, oh, good. Thank you. Uh, we get a flashback to Inara renting the shuttle, mm-hmm. uh, which their dynamic has never really changed. Yeah. So, she, you know, at some point, Mal asks her, like, why this ship? Like, mm-hmm. you're a companion. You yeah. could be on any ship. Why this hunk of junk? He doesn't say hunk of junk, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it impl- implies, like, this, I mean, why us? No. And she doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to know more about that. And I know, so apparently there is an unrevealed backstory that we yeah. were going to get in season two about Inara. Yeah. Um, and the idea that she was dying of some disease. Makes sense. Which is going to be interesting next episode. And like she, this actress confirmed that has confirmed this in, um, comic panels since then. I really would like to know more about Anara's backstory yeah. and, and why it is that she would seek out this type of life, especially we mm-hmm. find out she voted for uh what's it called unification unification which i think yeah is a really interesting reveal in this in this episode because like most of this scene is just kind of like oh they had this kind of dynamic from the beginning we can tell there's kind of like some chemistry between them but there also is a lot of just other friction because they kind of don't meet up quite exactly um on several things but you can tell there's a connection but the yeah the big thing is that I think is the big character reveal of this whole thing is that she voted for unification, which is makes it like much more interesting why she would go along with them because mm-hmm. it was just like oh I'm a companion but I don't really jive with the companion society the main like core world society because I'm a brown coat right that would make like oh then there's no explanation really needed like it makes more sense for her to not want to be with. Those people, but if she kind of fundamentally agrees with their whole idea of having the the core planets uh, be like the center of this one unified government, then it makes her decision that much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I always kind of pictured her as um, maybe this is trite. Is like mm-hmm. coming from a small backwoods planet and somehow was able to put herself through companion school. Yeah. I, again, I'm making this so trite in like mm-hmm. today's terms, but I feel like that type of character would not support unification because mm-hmm. it doesn't benefit her people. Like she's seen what it's like to live on, on the outskirts. Maybe though it's a, a thing where like she was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And so like for her, the like whole, whole kind of, 
Alliance life, she because she like got I don't know a scholarship to companion school. Let's sure. say <laughs> uh, that like her life became much better in very in very much in close proximity to being associated with the Alliance, even if her background most people she knows w- weren't. So that like it kind of would make sense for her to to have good feelings about the Alliance even though a lot of her other personality traits wouldn't necessarily line up with what we've seen so far of the Alliance. Mm-hmm. So this links to Mal and Inara talking in the recent flashback. Uh, and Inara tells him, like, you're not a captain that has to go down mm-hmm. with the ship. You don't have to die alone. Yeah. And he tells her everybody dies alone. Very Mal thing to say. So I had this exact conversation once, almost. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? So <laughs> I was... Um, On a starship. <laughs> I was walking with one of my exes, and I was being a real brat. I will come right out and say, like, I do not come across well in this story because I'm being an asshole. Okay. Um, but I guess I was in, like, a crappy mood and not looking to have a serious, deep conversation mm-hmm. with someone whose intelligence I didn't respect. And he said something about like he was about someone passing away. And he said, it makes him so sad to think about them dying alone. Um, And he said, but I guess in the end, everyone dies alone. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, it's not true. You could die in a bus full of people. (laughs) 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 No, I can't even get that sentence out without laughing. It was obviously a joke. Yeah. By making light of the situation, I was being a brat. <laughs> but I understood that's a dumb thing to say. No. That's not speaking to the deeper point of like, mm-hmm. you go through the experience alone, even if you're surrounded by people. But no, no, you can be in a bus full of people because I'm being a brat. <laughs> and <laughs> his reaction was just, wow, you're so smart. I was like, no, I can't. No. You're so dumb. We have no. to break up. <laughs> I can't. I can't need someone to stop. Wait, why do you need two boyfriends? <laughs> really don't. I really don't. I was like, oh, I can't be with someone that's dumb. <laughs> Please call me out when Wait, I'm being an asshole. To do a post. You can be on a bus full of people. <laughs> wow, that makes speed really sad. <laughs> I already seen the airport. <laughs> Okay, so Mal's alone now, uh, and someone responds to the distress signal. Yay! And the, he's going to pay them for a part. They say they have a catalyzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so catalyzer, I hardly know her. Is that the name of the part? Yeah. Okay. Is that a part on a car? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, kept, like, I kept writing catalyzer and be like, that's not right. That's a car part. This is a spaceship. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know cars. There's a carburetor. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Spark plug. Sure. Windows. <laughs> You're just naming. <laughs> you know those things. A uh, radio. <laughs> so People, usually. Okay. So uh, they hook up to Serenity. Doors open, and I love this whoosh of air. That is like the first thing I think of every t- with this episode every time, and it's such like a little moment, but it's just so evocative, and it shows like, especially this episode, but the series as a whole cares about those little moments that makes it tactile yes they didn't have to do no. this it could just as easily have been like mm, i'm a tough guy Ooh, we're tough guys we're just having a tough guy showdown but that little like oh. you feel it i swear to god yeah. when it hits i'm like i feel that yeah. rush of cold air i don't mm-hmm. know why it's cold it, it's got to be cold well it would 
It'd be I, warm. I it would understand be warm, it's warm, but, but it, it feels like that feeling of like, oh, yeah. air conditioning after being walking for like 30 minutes in the 90% humidity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they yeah they get on the ship and immediately the guns cock and like mm-hmm. I totally expected that anytime yeah. there's anybody offering help in this show like no, no it's a trap it's always a trap yeah. it's like Admiral Akbar would say hey <laughs> <laughs> okay Kermit <laughs> hey everybody listen to my friend Admiral Akbar Ready, Martha Despise died for this information. It's like he always says. Yeah, sure. That that catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kermit said what? (laughs) Kermit said, "Hi, everybody. Listen to my friend." (laughs) (laughs) Because they're both Muppets. (laughs) Effectively. Uh, My stomach hurts. <laughs> have you seen uh there's like a mod for the uh gta 5 where you can play as kermit the frog no it is hilarious because it's pretty well done where like his arm movements and leg movements kind of match up pretty well <gasps> and the guns don't even look that crazy uh it is in his hands it's pretty hilarious i don't so i don't play that one um mm-hmm. but i often watch i will sit next to chris as he plays and i'll read a yeah. book I'm definitely making it down with that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So we get Jane's meet cute. Uh, this is such a great scene. And it yeah. just fits Jane to a T. So he's mm-hmm. actually like, like the adversary. Like there's yeah. a, a bunch of thugs holding uh, Mal and Zoe at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, Mal just offers him more money. Yeah. And it, I just love it because it's like, very clear these three thugs they have like the jump on them but they're all real dumb yep and mal and zoe are very smart and they get they you can get it to like almost immediately like oh we're gonna be able to talk our way out of this one this is fine yeah um yeah oh their banter is great like seven percent that seemed low to you (laughs) zoe i'm paying you too much like oh you get your own bunk you have to share a bunk now (laughs) seven percent is is not only low but like a weird number they must have an odd number of people on their crew well, yeah, it can't just be the three of them no. because even, yeah, if it was like, even like I get 50 and then you guys each get 25. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Or like you would just do an around, you would do a round number. Like you wouldn't yeah. do 7%. That's such a weird. The math on that is too complicated. Like mm-hmm. forget, fuck yeah. that. So that boarding party shoots Mal and mm-hmm. tells him, we're just going to take your whole ship. Forget payment. We're just going to yeah. take it all. Uh, but Mal gets a gun and takes the part back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rather than shoot the guys, he just says, get the fuck off my ship. Yep. And the guy says, you would have done the same. But no. No. He wouldn't. Because right now he could say, yeah. your ship has oxygen. Yeah. Mine doesn't. Yeah. I'm taking both. Mm-hmm. He has the upper hand. But no, he's just like, just get the fuck off my yeah. ship and give me that catalyzer. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. The get morality of male. The morality. <laughs> So this is where we first join Mal. So both storylines mm-hmm. are caught up. He attaches the new catalyzer. Speaking of things attaching. I love boom, the little like uh, edits of like, okay, now we look at the blood where we first saw Mal. Then we see the blood uh, by the the infirmary. And now we're in the engine room to like, just in case you guys didn't figure it out, 
we're in the the timelines have connected yes. every this is where we've been this is where we are yes and it's it's there's it's just beautiful mm-hmm. it's just a beautifully shot episode yeah uh, so he's too weak to call back the shuttles. He passes oh, out. It's so close. He gets so close. But he wakes up in the med bay and the whole mm-hmm. crew is back. And I just, I could cry. I'm so happy. that like, you know, back. And back. you were there. And you were there. <laughs> and it's so cute that he's more concerned for Wash than for himself. He's uh. like, hey, you okay? You got a thing in your arm. Because <laughs> Wash is giving him blood. And some, Wash is just like, yeah, I do. It's just so cute. That's fucking cute, Mike. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I didn't acknowledge it was cute. So it turns out Zoe ordered them to turn around and mm-hmm. go back from Al. Oh, good, good for her. I'm so sorry. I disobeyed orders. <laughs> and he starts to pass out from, you assume, either the lack of blood or the mm-hmm. meds. And then wakes himself up and goes, y'all going to be here when I wake up? Oh. Ah! And we end with a flashback to Mal purchasing Serenity. Mm-hmm. Which is really nice because it's it's a nice little like sweet twist. We thought, oh, they're the the voiceover you heard earlier where it was the guy selling him his spaceship. You thought, oh, this was his pitch for Serenity, but then you find out, oh no, yeah, Mal just saw Serenity. This and it's like that's my ship. Yeah, he's trying to pitch in this big ship, and he mm-hmm. turns around, and sees Serenity, like, nope. It's a really dumb looking ship too. It's just like a big tube. Oh yeah, the really tall. One. I hate yeah. it. It's awful. Oh, it's a gross ship. I hate it. Okay. I know I usually ask this first, but I just got to talk about it. How much I love this episode. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Okay. So I just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what I love about this episode mm-hmm. is everything mm-hmm. is a hundred percent. So in character. Yeah. Like if you think about like it, this episode cannot happen if Zoe is there mm-hmm. because there's no fucking yeah. way she'd ever let them off that ship. It is so in character for mm-hmm. her to save Kaylee from that fire. Yeah. It puts her out of commission. The second she wakes mm-hmm. up, no, get your fucking asses back to that yeah. ship. Yes. Because that's what Zoe would do. Mm-hmm. And all these sweet character moments are so touching because they are so in character because yeah. it's not a single person does anything. We're like, well, that was weird. Yeah. It does a great job of both like establishing and exploiting the character's, and what we we know about them in just a really beautiful way. It's it's structured just fantastically. And one thing that I found really interesting is how much of the episode, like it wasn't all like fully formed. Mm-hmm. Like they originally had the idea of oh, what happens if they get stranded out in space was like the initial idea. And then after working on it for a bit, they decided to put in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they realized that. It was actually a scheduling thing why they had to make part of the story that uh, Zoe gets knocked out because Zoe, uh, the the actress Gina Torres, was getting married. Oh. Yeah. So that's why she gets knocked out and they had to work that into the story. So then they found a way to very organically make it a wow. logical part of the story. Yeah. Um, and, and make the story make sense around it instead of a lot of times it feels like, oh, he's off on a conference. Is how a lot of other shows deal with, yeah, like, oh, yeah. we can't really have that much of this person in this episode, whereas this episode makes it a a key plot point that drives a lot of the action. Like, next episode, Book's not going to be in it. Now, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I don't particularly miss him for one episode. Yeah. But, you know, this is great. This feels like mm-hmm. it had to be this way. Well, yeah, and even even though I don't, I'm the, I don't want to be too harsh on the next episode, that is an example of, like, oh, that's just a character, they're off ship just because right it's not like a huge reason it's not really part of the story it's fine but i love that they're able to work in yeah why zoe's not a more central part of of the 
the active action for more of the episode. Just everything is fits so perfectly. Like I said, that everything they show you in the early moments, like that is explained. We needed to see that so mm-hmm. that after Mal is alone, it serves a purpose. Yeah. Everything Mal does is so in character. His first concern has always been for his Mm -hmm. crew once that concern is taken care of his second concern is for his ship Mm -hmm. his morality keeps him from killing those guys even though they betrayed him he's Mm -hmm. sticking to a deal even as he's dying absolutely yeah and it's yeah it's just such a such a like perfectly structured episode and what's crazy about that is how how much it, it was like they they had to figure it out and how much how many different people had to be involved like there's they talk about in the commentary about how the director originally didn't want to use the 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 film stock for the the older flashbacks because he's like I don't know it might look cheesy but then his DP convinced him to use it and once he started using it I was like oh of course it's perfect this is how we have to do it I'm gonna use this in other things now and like how originally they weren't gonna have a shot of the red button that caused the ship back and then it was like just. Uh, stepped in and said, Oh no, you need a, a big red button. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know why do we need, cause he's going to come back to it. So you need to establish it. And it was like, and that's perfectly right. Yeah. And that you absolutely need that. Even the way he, and the way he yeah. wakes up where he's just immediately, my concern is for male. Are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. this episode and the structure, like the structure is perfect, mm-hmm. which is crazy because the structure is so strange. Yeah. That it's, it's not three a, completely separate timelines, but and then two that eventually meet up with yeah. each other. Like it's it's not your typical mm-hmm. A B storyline, yeah. you know, climax resolution. Yeah. Like it's fabulous. Yeah, and usually if there's the flashback episode, it's like, oh, you meet a character who's in danger, and let me tell you how I got into this one, right? And then you finally make it back to the point they started, and that's fine, but. Uh, and never confusing. Yeah. I'm never confused about no. this. It's not no. like Westworld where sometimes yeah. you're like, I think I know where we are. Oh, don't even get me started. Okay. Don't get me started. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and just like cute little touches like how there's three different scenes where Mal walks into the engine room in all three timelines right in a row. Oh. Because it's it's like he 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 walks in to uh find kaylee having sex then he walks in for kaylee to show him where the part is Mm -hmm. and then he walks in to put the part there well and the way that he the way that they do that the like you know kaylee is teaching him Mm -hmm. here's what we need here's where it goes so that in the next scene when we see him holding that part we're very clear Mm -hmm. on this is the objective yes so like we're sitting there going like oh my god get there get there and then Mm -hmm. that's the spot get it in that spot and then he drops it fuck pick it up again you know what it's like it's like watching legends of the hidden temple and they're trying to put together the 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 monkey yeah yeah that's what it's like okay it's time to take a break and hear from our sponsor Come on down to Carhartt Spaceship Supply. If you want a supply for your spaceship, you should come to us. We got all the kinds of supplies you could need. Supplies such as... Carburetors, carbohydrates, carcinogens, valves, nozzles, hoses, fuel intakes, fuel uptakes, fuel hottakes... Heating, air conditioning, lack of air conditioning, red couples, blue couples, me couples, you couples, engine grease, synchronizers, axles, axle rods, shafts, 
super flies. Cargo hatches, cargo bays, cargo pants. Space shield glass, space shield wiper fluid. Airlock door seals, vapor lock gas caps. Wires, switches, catalyzers. Catalyzers? That's the nothing part. Why is it in the catalog? Good point. Yeah, only an idiot will leave Spaceport with a faulty catalyzer. Go on. Pistons, motors, brakes, life support, air support, moral support, lumbar support, lightweight paneling, heavy grate flooring, re-entry undercoating, shuttle shine, transparent aluminum, opaque steel, translucent iron, fuzzy dice, Liquid fuel injectors, solid rocket boosters, solid gold dancers, handles, latches, bulkheads, space insulation, space glue, space paint, space baseboards, space suits, wait, no, that's a different ad, transmissions, alternators, nonlinear hyperdynamic retrograde firing module resistor flow induction coils, and mufflers. So what are you waiting for? Come on down to Carhartt Space Supplies, Spaceship Supplies. We named all the supplies you could get, so get them here, please, and thank you. Goodbye. It's time to ship out from Out of Gas and Voyage into Ariel. Not in that creepy, demon dark way. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? The girl who has catalyzers. Oh boy. <laughs> Look at this trove. Treasures untold. So many spaceships that one cavern can hold. <laughs> Looking around, do you think? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's got everything. I've got space suits. <laughs> I wish I'd written this up. Uh, I wish I had a thing ready. Bravo. <laughs> uh, I do also like the idea that Kaylee lives in a cavern. <laughs> she does. She's a cave person. <laughs> Serenity is planning to set down on a central, a.k.a. fancy pants planet. And Wash is excited, but Zoe is unimpressed. Mm-hmm. Which is moot point, because Mal does not want them leaving the ship. Which makes sense. They're outlaws, and this is the lion's den. Mm-hmm. That, that's a mixed metaphor. I'm sorry. They're outlaws, and the lion's <laughs> den, and the lion is really into the law. <laughs> he flashes his badge. <laughs> <laughs> So Anara's got to get her yearly physical, which I'm just going to bring back this mysterious she's dying mm-hmm. um, storyline. They at no point hint to that here. Do we know she's actually getting the physical? I And if she's not, then I feel like there should have been like a wink. I don't know. It, it seems like the kind of thing where it it might be a little too heavy if they wink at it now, mm-hmm. but it could definitely be something that they would have brought up later. Like, Companions don't actually have to go to for a physical every year. Okay. I go, oh, okay. Oh, why, why is she doing this again? River slices Jane across the chest. And he is understandably pissed. Here's a question. Yeah. 
Do you think this attack might have been because she is psychic and she knew he was going to betray them? A thousand percent. Yes. Is that up for debate? I've heard people debate it. Oh, I just always assumed like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's just, she's Mm -hmm. pissed beforehand. But then is it like a predestination thing? Would they have even done the plan if they didn't need to get the stuff for River and get the the scan or whatever for River if if she hadn't slashed him? Would he have betrayed them if she hadn't, if he hadn't, if she hadn't pissed him off by slashing at him? Would they have even done the heist at all for him to betray them at? Inception noise. Yes, we know, Kristen. I have to clarify because apparently it's really bad. Well, you're not actually a slowed down song. You're a human being. (laughs) That you know of. So the crew is not looking for work on Ariel because it's an alliance planet. I like that they're playing horseshoes. Yeah. Do you ever play horseshoes? On occasion. My dad plays horseshoes all the time. So I was just like, oh, it's a dazzle game. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at it. So I mostly watch. Yeah. I uh, I do like it because close counts. Close counts? Yeah. Yeah. I, my aim is so With bad. With that and hand grenades. <laughs> I, my aim is so bad that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, just, it's through the car window. It's nowhere near. <laughs> so Simon has a job for them. He proposes that they steal expensive medicine from the hospital, and in exchange, he asks the crew to help him sneak River in for some testing, which is interesting mm-hmm. that, like, he's not the, cu- like, he's not the customer. Mm-hmm. He's offering them details on how to do a job in exchange. Like, it's just, it's a different... Well, he's, he's less of, like, the, the regular kind of customer they have and more, like... Hey, I've got a job. Yeah, but like, rather than I've, paying I've you, but he's saying like, I want payment in you sneaking River in, and rather mm. than me paying you back for that with money, I'm mm. going to pay you with information on how to pull a heist in the meantime. Yeah, it's just an interesting mm-hmm. exchange. I do feel like they missed out on a comedic opportunity when he's like handing them the little things of medicine mm-hmm. for him to have like handed one to Jane and Jane for to pretend to not have gotten one. Yeah, and he then definitely, like, like the way he kind of takes it back from yeah. everyone else, you're expecting that moment to happen. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird that they didn't decide on that. Maybe like they filmed it and I was like, oh, that's too comedic. Let's just do a plane. But it feels like that's that's lost comic potential. You, you Absolutely. So step one is get some supplies from an Alliance junkyard. Mm-hmm. They need an Alliance vehicle. Uh, so Wash and Haley are strolling through. Wash, by the way, tosses a catalyzer, the part that they needed in the last episode. Maybe hold on to that one in case yeah. you need a backup. Yeah. Keep a backup. Maybe they bought like two backups and they're like, fuck, and we just find one here. <laughs> Step two, uh, Jane purchases official Alliance clothing and ID tags. Mm-hmm. This is very Ocean's Eleven. I oh, just yeah. really yeah. like the high structure of this. And it's not like Ocean's 8 in that they encounter obstacles and have to overcome them. Oh. Little little burn on Ocean's 8. I thought it was a waste of a very good cast because the heist goes off way too well. Oh, yeah. No. There's this thing some in like good film. It's called Conflict. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I, you haven't seen it, have you? No. The heist just goes so smoothly and you're expecting like, oh, what's the big problem? And it never really happens. Yeah, no, you need and it, to and it, and it just feels like the movie just ends at a certain point. And you're like, where's, 
I feel like the movie is still in the second act. Yeah. Because <laughs> there hasn't been like a real, anytime they, they you think they're going to do it, it's immediately resolved so easily that it's not even a problem. Yeah. No, you need conflict, climax, and resolution. Mm-hmm. So step three is acting coaching. Simon teaches Mal, Zoe, and Jane to speak like paramedics. Jane, of course, is having the hardest time with this. This is so like memorizing your lines for a play. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, give me the cue cards again. Step four is to sneak River and Simon in. They will have to be dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or as close as possible to fool the scanners. Mm-hmm. Get out your notebooks and pencils. It's time to learn with Simon's study guide. Simon and River take something in this episode to make it seem like they're dead, just as Juliet faked her death in the final act of Romeo and Juliet. Spoilers. What real-life concoction could cause these symptoms? I'm going to say Red Bull and honey. (laughs) There's a lot of sugar in there. (laughs) Many believe the potion in Romeo and Juliet is most likely to be deadly nightshade. It's native to Europe, uh, and this might work in a very small dose, too Mm -hmm. much, and, you know, Actual, Actual death. Dead. Yeah. Nowadays, Veronal is a powerful hypnotic used as a sleeping aid and could render the patient so deeply asleep as to mimic death to the untrained eye. And it's really convenient because it's Veronal. Uh, they actually did name it after Verona. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, this could work in Firefly, but it wasn't invented until the 20th century, so it is not what was used in Romeo and Juliet. Unless Verona was, like, super advanced and they hid it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It, maybe it was part of the Montague and Capulet feud, is that one of them discovered it and the other was, just, like, so mad they killed all the people who knew how to make it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. That's in the sequel. <laughs> so all that acting coaching was for nothing. When they bring the quote-unquote dead bodies to the hospital, intake don't give a shit. I just put them more. I kind of love this. Yeah. And it's like when you, it's any, you know, administrative job that like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but Jane still really, really wants to say his line. Just <laughs> so says, and it's kind of adorable. Jane is always extra, I got to say. <laughs> so once Mal gives the Tams their wake-up juice, he and Zoe leave to thieve while J- they leave to thieve. <laughs> While Jane watches the siblings. And who decided that was a good idea? Who said stick Jane bitch. with the Tams? It's kind of on Mal at this point because, like, let's say he had left Zoe instead. You know Zoe's going to stick to the plan. Obviously He's with Jane. He can keep an eye on Jane. This is obviously, I, like, yes, that is my plan. That is, yes, yeah. that is obviously what should happen. The only reason you leave Jane alone with the Tams is to mm-hmm. make this episode have this conflict yeah but it would have gone off without a hitch but it seems like it's definitely still a a a jaunt to go from the morgue to the scanner Mm -hmm. so like i could maybe see if like you'd set it up that the the scanner is really close to the morgue so there's not that much distance to cover and that's why you have Jane do that, because like you don't trust him to really be the best actor. Sure, yeah. He, he's not going to act like he's a professional EMT on a central planet, because he's, you know, a guy who just loves shooting people for a living. But it's not really established, so it does just seem like, Mel, was this your test to see if he would betray you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So Jane immediately calls the feds, because mm-hmm. fuck you. 
He has set this up ahead of time. Uh, he's turning the tan for this reward. You kind of wonder when he did this. Like, did they he do this mm-hmm. before they landed on Ariel? Did he do this even before River sliced at him? I guess, no, they needed this plan first. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the second Simon had this plan for the mm-hmm. hospital, he would have done this. Or like, well, yeah, as soon as they, they knew like exactly when they were going to be going, he'd probably have called and been like, okay, we should be going here. I'll call you when we're there. I want that reward money. Mm-hmm. So they take River to be tested. And on the way, she's... <laughs> she has some great lines like, they're all going to die. No, they're not. Points at the guy. He is. <laughs> like a little toddler who's just like, mommy, he's fat. Like, shush, shush, shush. But mommy, he's fat. Shush, quiet. We don't, we, don't, we don't say those things. Yeah. Uh, but in fact, code blue, that guy actually is dying. Yep. I love that someone gets a chance to use his medical knowledge. I lo- and that he's nice. a good doctor. Yeah. Like he's he's a pansy and he's very full of himself, mm-hmm. but also kind of justifiably yeah. so because he's actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that River insists that he help the guy that mm-hmm. like she's just like, I you have to go. You yeah. it's, you do this. Um, turns out the doctor gave him the wrong medicine and he's. Yeah, I really yeah. like Simon's point. The way he's pissed off at yeah. him, like, you could have killed your patient. Yeah. He honest, as much as I just like Simon a lot of times, he mm-hmm. does super care about helping people. Yeah. He and, and that's the thing is, like, you have to account for, he had a very privileged upbringing, and he was, you know, perfectly bred to be a great doctor mm-hmm. in a fancy hospital and he would have been great at that he probably would have done some pro bono work even but he could also have gone through all of that and not given a shit yeah but like yeah. i'm sure like there are tons of wonderful doctors out there i'm sure there are also tons of doctors that just want that salary yeah who are just like i want i want the the money and glory of being like a a noted doctor and like the saving people is kind of secondary yeah. or just to like to, to, to assuage your own ego. This is this guy who's truly in it for the right reasons and really cares about it. Zoe and Mal take the gurneys to loot, um, but they are stopped by a dock because they're going the wrong way. What is this dude's problem? He, he's just a real asshole. He's a, I mean, cause like even the, the, like just feel like, Oh, huh? Yeah. Oh, I got turned around. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. if you want to get snipping, be like, well, don't let it happen again. Yeah. Why the fuck do you need their badges to make a big deal out of this mm. uh, so Zoe zaps him with the paddles good for her which is it, I mean seriously good for him they need his identification card because theirs don't work I do like that that that's again what Ocean's 8 should have done they encountered a problem and they had a unique solution that mm-hmm. wouldn't normally have been available yeah uh, so River's brain scan they opened up her skull and mm-hmm. cut into her brain over and over Ugh. He says they stripped her amygdala, which Simon describes as a filter in your brain that keeps mm-hmm. your feelings in check. Yeah. It's the thing that lets you push fear or anger to the back of your mind so you mm-hmm. can keep on doing what you have to do. Yeah. And he said by them stripping that, she feels everything. Yeah. She can't not. Ugh. Science check. Yeah. First off, him saying this is schizophrenia in a previous episode. Yeah. No. That's just no. Maybe in space, schizophrenia means something different. It's just a no. That was really, really off. We're just going to say that. But it led me to look into, so they stripped her amygdala. Mm -hmm. What is the amygdala and what does it do? 
So the amygdala is responsible for the perception of emotions like mm-hmm. anger, fear, and sadness, as well as controlling aggression. Yeah. Uh, it helps to store memories of events and emotions so that mm-hmm. I learn that you do something. This is you being sad. Mm-hmm. I recognize your sadness. I have yeah. learned what sadness looks like or what your act, what emotions, your actions mm-hmm. are attributed to. For example, uh, if you've ever suffered a dog bite, then the amygdala will help you process that event and therefore increase your fear or alertness around dogs. Mm. So because a dog bit me after doing that thing that looks like a smile, I have learned to be afraid of dogs when they have that thing that's not a smile but Mm -hmm. might look like a smile to a child. Um, This also helps people to respond and understand social cues. Yeah. So that's basically the opposite of what Simon says. The amygdala allows us to feel fear and remember what scares us. It doesn't make us push it to the back of our minds. Stripping it, therefore, would make you fearless. Looking into what would happen if you did strip your amygdala. This happens. People have their amygdala uh, injured. They lose the ability to recognize external cues that would tell a normal person to be fearful. Mm -hmm. So for example, if Simon began yelling at river in anger, she would not understand that he's angry. Mm -hmm. So we do see her be fearless for sure. Later on, we're going to see her fight Mm -hmm. incredibly well. Um, She hangs off a spaceship and thinks it's beautiful and is Mm -hmm. not scared at all. Um, Even when Jane is mad at her in this episode, after she slices him, she does not look afraid of him Mm -hmm. or anything she's just kind of more curious yeah but the idea of like she feels everything or that she's unable to put it just it's inaccurate it's Mm. so there is a genetic condition that causes this makes people's amygdala amygdala that makes people's amygdala not work um and those people don't know when to be scared so for example they will play with snakes Mm -hmm. or like get really bored during haunted houses okay so it's kind of like they're not feeling that fear. Mm. They can't because they can't recognize that yeah. they should be. Well, maybe, yeah, this, this, if it, yeah, I get what you're saying with it being stripped. Maybe it's more of a thing where it's not like they, they remove so much of it that she can't feel the fear, but maybe it's something like they, they, they removed enough of it that it got kind of mixed up. And that's why, like, sometimes she has, like, the fearlessness because, like, her amygdala is not working right. But sometimes, like, things have the improper reaction because those connections have been miswired because stuff has been taken out. Yeah. And and reworked. But, yeah. Yeah. It seems like they, they probably just oversimplified for the sake of time. It's always kind of bugged me because I'd yeah. always heard that that was inaccurate and it's... So I decided to look into the well, science. Well, the more you know. Ta-da. Maybe they meant the space amygdala. The space it's amygdala. So River and Simon are arrested. The detective Jane was conspiring with arrests him as well and is taking oh. the reward money for himself. You son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a pew pew gun. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I like that it's like in the future... I under, the idea that like if a cop needed to suppress you, they wouldn't need to pull it, a, put a bullet in you. Mm-hmm. So this is like a sonic boom, like yeah. directed at your chest that like just knocks you down. Yeah, I don't, it's something about it just seems a little too like 
too science fiction. I know that's kind of weird to say, but like, it doesn't seem like how that gun would actually exist to me, mm. which makes it like less fun in the Firefly universe. It seems too Flash Gordon and not like Mission Impossible, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I like it because it, it the idea that the police would have this mm-hmm. that it, like nobody else would have a gun that suppresses you with like a sonic boom. Yeah, but like if you were trying to give police non lethal mm-hmm. ways of suppressing a crowd yeah. or a criminal, I like this, and I like the fact mm-hmm. that we only see alliance um, feds on an alliance planet with yeah. weapons this fancy. Yeah, Mal and Zoe get back to the ship. But the others are not there. Uh, this is resolved very quickly. They listen to police chatter. Yeah. They assume they're talking in code. They assume that code means they've been arrested. So they just decide to check the security center because that seems the logical choice. Mm-hmm. All of that is fine, except it yeah. definitely works. <laughs> and it's just like we had no other way of getting them to the security center. Mm. Yeah, I guess it could have been as simple as they somehow just see them being caught or even if like no one was speaking in code and they just listened to the police chatter and they say but i think that that would that would undermine how like high level the rivers thing is okay. so i think that's part of why they they want it to be in code is that like oh this this whole like secret blue men group project mm-hmm. is is like such a big government secret heavy deal that even even alliance feds you don't really understand it still have to use code words yeah yeah Simon doesn't realize that Jane betrayed him and that's it's so Ugh. sad when he like thanks him for trying to defend them like oh god no he turned you in bud oh, yeah uh, that's pretty rough so River here is ranting about Christmas mm-hmm. do you think she's just ranting or did you see a bigger meaning here well no because they, they don't show any sort of like alliance vehicles like my immediate thought was like oh maybe like the police lights yeah I was just waiting for this to like Oh, that's why she was talking about mm. Christmas. And it's, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'm real dumb. I didn't check. I didn't see anything. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't notice anything this time through uh, that like it has a greater meaning for me that I've found. Jane and Simon attack the officers by ramming their shoulders into them because they're all handcuffed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some like a cool fight scene yeah. for that reason that they're restricted in that way, mm-hmm. but still giving them a good one too. Yeah. Uh, really could use crazy fighting river here. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, yeah, they, they got this. Like, I'm a little damsel. I don't like it. I, I do like how Jane has to do like a whole bunch of stuff. And then Simon's just like, I know how fucking oh, the human body God. works. I'm just going to kneel on your throat until he you die. He kneels on his throat until he dies. That's fucking savage. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever caught that before. And I'm watching yeah. like, oh, fuck, Simon, you're just like kneeling on the guy's neck. Yeah, it's it's like it's 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 like crazy badass how like he's just like, I am going to kill you because I'm a fucking doctor uh-huh. and I know how. Oh, Jane snaps the crazy. other guy's spine mm-hmm. and here come the hands of blue men. Mm-hmm. They are very upset that the Fed talked to the prisoners at all. Like yeah. Dee said, I didn't even question them. I just asked them like their mm-hmm. names or something. Yeah. Um, basic questions yeah and the hands of blue man take out a device Mm -hmm. that looks a little bit like a sideways men in black um neuralizer yes and it starts humming and Mm -hmm. that dude is bleeding from 
everywhere. Fingernails. Fingernails. Like you see things in movies mm. of like like outbreak yeah. where people are bleeding from Eyes, orifices. Nose, mouth, ear, yeah. I've never seen the fingernails before. Ooh, that was Buh. rough. Buh. It also made me realize that because they're they do this again and it like affects like mm-hmm. the whole room. Yeah. There can't be human then. Yeah, I I I always kind of wondered like what they reveal of Bloom. Are they robots? Are they some kind of like genetically altered? Yeah, beings. Um, Why does which, this device not work on you? Yeah, is it because they're wearing gloves? <laughs> it's like, oh no, they found a one weakness. If you wear gloves, our weapon is useless. I think you find out in the comics at least that like it's not gloves. That is yeah. their that's their hand. Oh, okay. Like they're and like when they they're like their whole arms are blue. Wait, does it explain anything else? Or I just... don't remember. Okay. Uh, so River leads them away, and they end up at the same door as Mail, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. I feel like that's her um, psychic powers telling yeah. her where to go. So back on the ship, Jane and Mail are hiding the medicine. Mm-hmm. Mail whacks Jane with a wrench. Oh, that's a big ass wrench. Pretty brutal. Jane wakes up in it looks like the airlock. Yeah. Uh, I, and I love to just like the, again, it feels very tactile where you see him wake up and he's just like doot, doot, points at the walkie talkie and you like hear from the walkie talkie. There's something like very tangible about that and, mm-hmm. in a way like a lot of other, a lot, a lot of other spacey things don't feel that tangible. What Like, you, you know, the feel of like having a walkie talkie type thing. In oh, your sure. Hand. Yeah. And yeah. That like, oh, I can't hear you because you're on the other side of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mel knows that Jane called the feds. This is where Jane says the money was too good. I got stupid. Yep. Mel tells him, you turn on my crew, you turn on me. Because mm-hmm. Mel kept saying, Jane kept saying, like, I didn't, it's not like I did it to you. And Mel says, no, you turn on my crew, you turn on me. Mm-hmm. And then Jane has this moment where he says, look, after I'm dead, make something up. Don't tell them what I did. Well, and it's it's very telling because he has like a, a moment where that's kind of humanizing a little bit before that where it's like, ain't no way, way for a man to die. Where it's like, he's not he, at that point, he's not even saying like, no, I, I should live. It's like, don't do it this way. Not this way. He's like, just, if you want to kill yeah. me, just shoot me. But yeah. this is a terrible and way to die. And that doesn't, doesn't turn Mal. Yeah. It's the, the next moment that does. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think it's because you... When he says, when he accepts that he's going to die and he says, mm-hmm. just shoot me, but this ain't no way for a man to die. Yeah. There is a, a level of shame there in accepting that like, okay, I'm going to die. But when he says like, even after I'm dead, I'm yeah. care that like, I care that these people don't know what I did. Mm-hmm. There's just a different level of shame. He really understands yeah. how terrible a thing he did well and, and and that that's like a little less selfish than like ain't no may, way for a man to die there's something where it's like it could also very much be like i i'm scared of dying this way i'm just pleading to like for some kind of mercy just for my own sake right but with like accepting that he's going to die and and basically just asking for like Please let these people think I wasn't as bad as I was. Jane's not all bad. There's, There's something... Part, he wants to be good. Yeah. Some part of him wants to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he lets him back in, tells him, next time you decide to stab me in the back, have the guts to do it to my face. <laughs> Such a great line. Oh, that's great. Uh, and then Simon has new medicine for River, and we mm-hmm. end on kind of a happy note, thinking yeah. that, yeah, there's some potential for health with her. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think it is a sweet line. It's time to go to sleep. No, 
it's time to wake up. Like, oh, Simon, you love your sister. So we think about this one. Um, I think it's a solid up. I think it it does it does uh go down a little bit because it's right next to like one of the most perfect episodes of yeah, it's not so only hard Firefly to... but like TV. Um, I gotta follow out of gas. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a really solid up. It's, it's fun heist elements, some good character moments, some of the best effects. Like, and they merge stuff really well. Like, there's mm-hmm. the part where the the Helivac thing. You, you can see it's like CGI when it comes in, but then there's just like a slight cut to a different angle and it's the practical thing in the mm-hmm. set which i think is just a nice when you do those like subtle ways to blend stuff together that's really cool they do a good job of making the story as big as they can with obviously like a fox tv budget sure. um that that really adds to the the feel of the whole episode this has never been like one of my favorites mm-hmm. um but i've never disliked it i used to think it was confusing but this time around it was totally fine for me yeah um, I do like the heist structure. Mm-hmm. I like the Jane betrayal because you knew it had to happen at some point. I like seeing some really great moments out of Simon. Um, I've just never really been a fan of the hands of blue men. Mm-hmm. So while the the conflict or the while the climax is good, but yeah. there it's like we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like when they arrest Simon and River and Jane, there is a world in which the rest of the season is spent trying to get them out of jail yeah. because, I mean, like, how the fuck do you fight the feds mm-hmm. and on an Alliance planet? Yeah. Um, but I'm the hands of blue men just oh, were always kind of goofy to me. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get that. To me, it they more like reek of lost potential because it seemed like they're hinting at something bigger and more interesting and very easily could have gone the way of being goofy guys with blue arms but it could have also been like hinting at like a bigger conspiracy much like in the movie we kind of get get some of that Mm -hmm. um and done in a way that uh, is kind of interesting and adds to an overarching mythology that intersects in interesting ways with the kind of everyday stuff on the ship but yeah, I do agree. They in the in the series as they are, there's not much to them, and this is probably like one of their biggest episodes. And they really yeah. are just kind of like it teases a lot of more stuff about what are these guys, and you still don't get any answers, even remotely. The like, world's slowest chase. We're just kind of walking a little faster than usual. Yeah. Now it's time to celebrate some thrilling heroics with this week's Big Damn Hero of the Week. I feel like it's kind of no contest. Honorable mentions to like, Simon, he does some cool doctor stuff. Sure. But, uh, I mean, it's got to be Mal. Oh, no. Really? No, you're wrong. What? Okay, so why Mal? Mal, because he, he is the one that decides to stay with the ship. He gets shot and has to do all that shit mm-hmm. while being shot to save the ship. I, I think that's pretty heroic. It's Zoe. Zoe saves Kaylee's life, mm-hmm. almost dying in the process. And if she's not the one that insists that everyone goes back to the ship to mm-hmm. um, get back to Mal, Mal dies. Her telling them to come back is off screen. So we don't know exactly how it went. From on-screen stuff, like, the pushing Kaylee is heroic, but it's a very, like, spur-of-the-moment thing. Mal has to, like, think out and, like, very consciously decide and push through to do the thing. So that's why it's more heroic to me. Because, like, 
So it's like, I oh, would I have argue to do this that quick. if your instinct completely mm-hmm. without any thought behind it is to put yourself in danger to save another person, that it's just such a part of you that mm-hmm. there that it does you don't need any thought behind it, that that's more heroic. But don't you think that having to push through like tremendous pain and adversity over a long period of time? A long period of time. It's like an hour. <laughs> you try being shot in the stomach <laughs> with no oxygen. See how well you do. <laughs> Don't, because that would be bad. What was them that words? What was said? Them's tumble words. <laughs> Who said the following quote? I believe we are the only sentient beings in the universe. And I believe that 500 years from now, we will still be the only sentient beings around. Flipper the dolphin. <laughs> is joss whedon mm-hmm. joss whedon does not believe that there are aliens among or not among us that nobody don't believe <laughs> well i mean that that's not a crazy belief i don't think <laughs> joss whedon does mm-hmm. not believe that there are aliens out there hmm. he said aliens you know that's something everyone else has done and is doing it's a great metaphor to play with but it's not what i'm interested in i'm really interested in you are there you are part of this and i think aliens take you out of that i also need to spend some time away from latex Nah. So that's why there are no aliens in Firefly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, it's it's funny that he that he says it in a way that's like, well, I personally don't believe this, but I don't do it in the show because uh, where it's like, well, I mean, you could personally believe there are or aren't aliens and still and have do it not it. be about why there aren't I, in the show. I don't personally believe there are vampires, but I still enjoy <laughs> Buffy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, you, you believe there are vampires? No. Okay. <laughs> I do have a stake, though, just in case. I mean, yeah. You I never mean, know. You got to be prepared. <laughs> That's why I, I uh, rub myself in garlic each night. <laughs> well, one of the reasons. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. You can contact us at sunnydalestacks at gmail.com or at sunnydalestacks on Twitter to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Firefly. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we explore war stories and trash when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. And remember, you're never alone if you die in a bus. <laughs> I'm Johnny Orgasms. No orgasms. I'm back. <laughs> Follow me at hashtag at Johnny No Orgasms. I don't know how it works. Get out of here. <laughs> uh.